interesting um, feature though that a new dynamic of anti-Europeanness mm. mm, mm, mm. within Britain. Yeah, and some Muslims I know are kind of jumping on that as well. Oh, they are. I mean, many. I heard know, from many Asian brothers that yeah. their fathers voted for Brexit simply because they found too many Eastern Europeans <laughs> here. So too many Bulgarians or Romanians. Yeah. I, I don't know if I had to laugh or cry about yeah. this one. That a Pakistani man who probably doesn't know English yeah. voted. For Brexit, because yeah. he found he found too many too many uh, Romanians uh, and Eastern uh, Europeans come yeah. taking his job. Hello, would you like to upgrade your tea and coffee providing? Go to East London Quaker Street Coffee and Bubble Tea. They will provide better tea and coffee providing than your current tea and coffee provider is providing. What about downgrading? If you mention the podcast name, they will downgrade your providing to 10% off. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum everyone. Welcome to today's unscripted podcast by Islam 21C. I'm your host, Salman Butt. Uh, my guest tonight uh, is someone that I've been trying to get on the show for a long time, mashallah. He, I met him, uh, I think, about a year ago in uh, Sheikh Haytham's house, I think it was, Hafidhullah, uh, when he was uh, kind of recovering from his, uh, his, his illness, alhamdulillah. And we hit it off, we discussed uh, a lot of his work um, it's none other than Dr. Steph. How do you spell? You? How do you pronounce your surname? Steph Keris. Keris. That's right. Right. So unsurprisingly, it's spelled just. It's pronounced just as it's spelled. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was some kind of. A, he's a Greek convert, mashallah, from his, uh, uh, to Islam, and uh, his work is the Islamic history of Europe, mashallah. Now uh, we spoke. Uh, about a lot of things in uh, that day, that night in Sheikh Haytham's house, and um, you know, very, very interesting character, alhamdulillah. And I want us to, I want you to just, just purely for the sake of, uh, Assalamualaikum by the way, <laughs> just purely for the sake of this podcast, assume that I'm a complete ignoramus mm-hmm. when it comes to history. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's just, uh, just, you know, play, just yeah. pretending. Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> It's probably better, you know, that way. Otherwise, you know, we <laughs> sure. can we can uh, converse on a higher intellectual plane After than everyone else. The, you the know, recording, but, yes. but uh, just um, just you know, assume that I'm complete ignoramus I, I uh, about history. Um, and to be honest, those people who are um, well, not that well read in history, and on a serious point, I include myself as well. I'm not really consider myself like a, a history buff or anything. But it doesn't mean that we have zero information or, or, or so-called knowledge about history because we absorb so many things. Uh, especially, obviously, the obvious thing is from history lessons at school, but mm. also from films, from you know, um, popular culture, from mm. novels or whatever that we just kind of absorb from our culture around us about uh, history and historical kind of uh, events and what we give importance to or not. And when it comes to Islam and Europe in particular. Um, a lot of us, including myself, we the, the kind of the, the the broader discourse and narratives about Islam and Europe is completely two different kind of spheres. And um, about sixty years ago, a bunch of Muslims came, and that's when Islam, <laughs> you know, came into Europe. That's the kind of received <coughs> wisdom. Absolutely, that's a general uh, idea. That's, that's the general idea that absolutely. we kind of absorb. Yeah. Uh, what's wrong with that idea? Well, very wrong because the idea. 
there's a narrative that has been built up the last couple of decades in order to make it seem that it's something strange. It's something that came from outside. Yeah. Islam was exotic. Exotic. Well, exotic would be even positive. It's actually quite <laughs> negative, right? But it started already actually at the very, very beginning of Islam coming to Europe at 7-11 when Tarek bin Ziyad arrived in Gibraltar. The Spaniards or the, the indigenous people, mm. Christians, called them not Muslims, they called them Moors, Moros. And the word itself is a Greek word and it means black. Mm. So that means Africans, that means people who don't belong to Europe. Do you see the narrative? So yeah. they built up a narrative already in the 8th century when the first Muslims came. So not in the 1960s, but long, mm. long before. And when they came, it was these African black Muslims against us white Christian Europeans. Was there a notion of the Europe then at the time though? Because I've read, I've read in You're places, right. some, some kind of historians or, or maybe critical historians, they say that the identity of Europe as a thing was made, uh, was constructed in opposition okay. to the Islam, the Islamic. Charlemagne. If yeah. you look at Charlemagne, I read for the, example. The, uh, um, the nice quote, um, without Muhammad, there would be no Charlemagne. Oh, Charlemagne. Salam right. salam. Well, salam salam for Muhammad. Not for Muhammad, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, th yeah. there is some truth in it because um, uh, and we're looking at the 8th century now, 8th, yeah. 9th century. And Charlemagne was the opposition of Harun al-Rashid. And actually, the not Umayyan only the, Umayyan Umayyan the Abbasid. The Abbasid, the Abbasid. Yeah. And not only, uh, and we should not look at it that they were just fighting and, mm. and, and opposing each other, but actually they were even uh, with each other fighting Al-Andalus, which that time was an Umayyad kingdom or empire. And um, so the Abbasids with Charlemagne against Al-Andalus. Oh, okay, yeah, so yeah. And there you see already the problems. Mm. And, and, and this is something that disunity. occurred. The disunity, that's right. Mm. And this is something we have to take with us throughout history, that we see how Muslims and the Muslim empires actually fell, all of them. Not only one mm. and two, but all of them. They all fell because of no unity, because of uh, fighting against each other, because of actually including everybody else who was against Islam, mm. Christians and Jews and whoever, taking them with you as friends and then fighting your Muslim brethren. That was a kind of um, key characteristic, one of the many characteristics of the Khulafa Rashida period. Khulafa mm. Rashidun, uh, and that they, the Ummah was by and large united. By large, yeah. Even though there were kind of different sects and sure. so forth sure. amongst the Muslim Ummah. Um, Ali bin Abi Talib, for example, he, he had a big fitna with the Khawarij and kind of rebellious groups, but he never kind of expelled them. Yeah. Because he yeah. maybe because he knew, mm -hmm. and he was one of the most judicious and intelligent companions. Mm -hmm. He knew that just kicking them out, they would be free Create to problem. roam. And you know, he said, you know, you guys stay there in this area. You don't mess with us. We don't mess with you. You know, um, but you know, obviously it's escalated from there. But they had this notion of it's very important to have the in integrity, the structural integrity of the ummah, even including the kind of weird and extreme kind of uh, groups but the when the kingdom started then then it's kind of every dynasty for its own isn't it pretty true i mean from the omegas onwards it was basically mm. the omegas the abbasids the fatimids the the, the seljuks the the ottomans and so on mm. and so on they all took uh, a dynastical it was a dynastical change that was it and and that's why the rashidun and rashidun that's it you know mm. <laughs> that's, that's very mm. clear however um it did not mean that Islam did not develop. I mean, the Muslims did not de develop or took development on. Yeah. I mean, in the contrary, actually. Many of them, especially the Umayyads, took development over to Europe. Agricultural technology. At that time, they were much more advanced technologically than the mm. Christians were. And with regards to the notion of Europe, you're absolutely right. I mean, that time, 7th, 8th, 9th century, there was no Europe. There were not even countries. There were no nations. Uh, the first European nation as a nation with the idea of 
more or less what we have an idea of a nation was Portugal. And uh, the first, the first real European Christian mm. united nation, which would say, okay, we consider ourselves being a uh, a nation, mm. not really now as an understanding of the 21st century, of course not, because yeah. that came after 1789, the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. But but the Portuguese were one of the first ones to um, become independent, getting rid of the Muslims, becoming a nation, a country, Christian so nation. So with borders, with a Spain. consistent kind of identity uh, amongst themselves, a notion of citizen. Having the same language, having the same history, mm-hmm. having the same background. And these people had to go somewhere because Spain was still Islamic at that time, so they couldn't go towards Europe, so they had to go away from Europe. Where did they go to? The Americas, obviously. Brazil, Mm. South America, the Caribbean, Africa. And that's how, basically, the Muslims in Europe, in Al-Andalus, pushed the Portuguese towards becoming colonialists. You (laughs) want to look at it that way, you know. That's that's quite interesting. Sorry, uh, on behalf of what it's worth. Sorry. (laughs) If If you're, you know... Suffering from the legacy of of, of all that trauma, uh, so let, let let's let's kind of rewind a bit. So <coughs> Charlemagne, you mentioned, mm. um, he had a kind of pact or a rivalry with Harun Rashid, Abbasid Caliph, yeah, against uh, uh, Andalus. I mean, Andalus, it, it's like known now. Mm. I mean, there's like tourism. There's <laughs> South, South Spain is like a. <laughs> even I've been to Al Hamra and. It's uh-huh. like, I found. I mean, I'm, I really don't enjoy like historical kind of mm. relics and stuff. I, I I like to go, you know, see natural beauty and stuff. But mm. even I've been. So <laughs> that means something, you know. It's some, you know, it's it's kind of uh, well known now. It's 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 cool. But you must have been amazed by what you saw in Granada. I can imagine Alhambra. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful I mean, stuff. It is yeah. Amazing, isn't it? But it, it, it? To be honest, it reminded me of Company Bar in Faslabad, Pakistan, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay, interesting. Al-Andalus <laughs> reminds you of Pakistan. But there is, look, look, look. I mean, I was surprised when I was the first mosque in Greece, mm. in nowadays Greece, was in the time of Be- Sultan Bayezid. That was in the 15th, 13th, 14th century. And that time, if you look at that mosque, that masjid reminds you of an Andalusian mosque somewhere in Cordoba. I was very surprised. And these in were Greece. Ottomans in Greece. Yes, 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 mm. Ottomans. So that really... Uh, there you can see that, of course, there's a connection. The Muslims mm. are interconnected, were and are interconnected somehow, yeah. which is not a bad thing. It's a good thing, actually. Uh, whatever you are, there's an Islamic culture. Mm. So there's no Pakistani culture only. This developed later. There's no Turkish culture. There is no Arabic culture, but it's an Islamic culture, which is a good thing, I think, personally. Um, in terms of the architecture and stuff? In yeah. terms of the architecture, in, ter- in terms of uh, culture, mm-hmm. uh, development of... You know, language, for example, the way we use language as Muslims. Mm. It doesn't matter if you're Greek, Italian, Turkish, you still will say inshallah and you still yeah. will say alhamdulillah, <laughs> you say salam alaikum, mm-hmm. which is amazing, I find. And this is something that I think um, mm. non Muslims are jealous about. Yeah. You know, they would like to have something <laughs> like this. It's a, no, there's something that is a commonality we all mm. have in the world, and which is great. Um, but yeah, the. Um, to rewind That's again uh, what you said before, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think. Uh, <laughs> to, to, sorry to carry off, just remind me that. I think it's Professor Salman Sayyid. He uh, he likens uh, the Islamic kind. Of, I'm probably going to butcher his his <laughs> ideas now, but uh, as I remember, as I recall, um, Islam and the Islamic kind of culture as a language, where, for example, um, you put a Muslim anywhere in the Islamic world, like take him from East London to Malaysia somewhere, mm-hmm. 
and they'll know roughly what to do when time of Jum'ah comes. Mm. They roughly know that it's normal to be served this and a bacon sandwich or whatever would be completely out of the <laughs> of the menu, mm. literally. Um, that kind of stuff. So it's, it's there is a, a shared kind of uh, huge, identity, huge uh, shared identity, and, and a language and what and what's considered norms the, and. The, the, the yeah. I think yeah, norms rather than language. I mean, if you're yeah. now in Turkey, obviously, and you speak Arabic, they will all look yeah. at you like. I think okay. you do as like a metaphor of a language. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, yes, <coughs> a, a shared yeah. culture, shared identity. Yes, rather, mm-hmm. it is there. It is there. I really believe there is a kind of umma feeling. If you want mm. to find it, you can find it from Morocco all the way to Indonesia. You will be able to find something, mm. and it is really amazing. I was in the Gambia two years ago and West Africa, and it was the first time in West Africa at that time, and I really felt surprised how um, I knew I was in Africa, mm. but the Islamic element was so strong there, although you also found a very strong African non-Islamic element there, mm. although 95, 95% Muslims, but you knew that you, they knew the norms and the values, and they knew what was happening. The Adhan mm. was there, you could hear it, you could see people going to Masjid, you could see people taking a mm-hmm. break. You could see, amazing, amazing, amazing. I mean, there is something like a common culture. And this is, even though you're a, you're a convert to Islam, isn't it? It's not like you were born and you were raised mm. as a child like this, that's right, that's right. to absorb this. That's right, when yeah. did you become Muslim? I became Muslim when I was around 1920. Well, it's very difficult, actually, the mm. question, because I started getting interested when I was 15. Mm. And that all started with my interest in history. I was always interested in history, since I was actually mm. in primary school. And I was going to Greek school in Germany. I grew up in Germany. Yeah. And I was going to Greek school. Good talk. Sorry? Good talk. Good morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now you got me. Uh, yeah, Stefanos. Yeah. <laughs> Mashallah, mashallah. Your German is very good. Ich bin ein Berlinger. Ich bin ein Berlinger. <laughs> That's the one thing I remember from history. Jesus is history club. Ich bin ein Hamburger. <laughs> Don't come back. Anyway, um, yeah, you know, I, I have to laugh. Döner. You know, in this country, people believe that Döner is German. Really? Right? People believe in this country that Döner is something German. But it's actually Turkish. And the Turks exported it imported it mm. into Germany and exported it from Germany to the rest of the world. You have it's like pizza. German Donner kebab here. That's right. You have the chain of German Donner kebab, yeah. exactly, which is actually not German. It's Turkish. And we're right? not po- sponsored in the traditional sense by any Donner <laughs> providing companies, but if you are, you know, you can do to get in touch if you're interested. <laughs> um, they fuel a lot of our uh, activities in some Trinity. Uh, <laughs> Before we start, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, anyway, no, yeah. Just so you were raised, but in a I was Greek raised school. I was raised in a Greek school um, in Germany, and that time, so you know all the the Greek culture and all. You guys do this as I, well. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> yes, the one com- common thing with Muslims, I suppose. A lot of Arabs um, do a lot of. They this. do. That's true. That's true. There's yeah. there's a lot of commonality. They have a, a plant, I think. When you cook it, it goes like that. They call it the sabur sabur or something. <laughs> <laughs> the plant, yeah. Yeah, yeah when you cook okay. it, got it the, the leaves turn out that and they call Summer. it supper. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. No, it is, but it's a very th- Arab thing. The, the Greeks yeah. do that. The Italians do it very strong, actually. Yeah, I would yeah. say the Italians more than the Greeks, actually. Um, yeah, come on, you take me away. I want to discuss something. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you are, you, you used Greek to be school. a Greek, but then you became Muslim. Right. Yeah, I used to be Greek, <laughs> became Muslim. Very good, yeah. Yeah, listen, you, you love. That's, that's yeah. how people think. Yeah. Greeks look at it that way. It's like he, when he was Greek, he was a good guy. And mm. then he became a Turk. 
<laughs> you know, you became a Muslim, you became a Turk. Yeah, That's the, the Turk is like the quintessential enemy of the the, the white Western uh, man, isn't it? Well, yeah, the last Some caliphate, don't forget that, the yeah. last caliphate in the world was the Ottoman Empire. Yeah. They, uh, the, 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 the Turkish people who came after the Ottoman Empire in 1923 when Turkey was established, um, they are basically the... Um, inheritance of the the ottoman mm. empire so yeah and for Even the as Greeks, far as england i mean um, yes 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 there's, there's a famous uh, football chant I'd, ra- I'd rather be a paki than a turk really yeah it's okay, from the 80s i think but okay. i mean we grew up hearing it but a lot of pakistanis thought yeah <laughs> but no <laughs> just means that they dislike you less than the turks <laughs> oh my god i didn't know that yeah. but i know that they used to call people English people who were yeah. quite a lot by the way in North Africa and you can read it in my book by the way in the uh, textbook that I wrote recently um, North Africa especially Algeria used to have a lot of air, uh, reverts mm. Mm, converts reverts uh, Europeans and amongst them there were a lot of English people and there was um, uh, how did English people end up in what what era are you talking about here? we're talking about the 14th 15th century okay um, CE Yes, yes, of course, we're talking about, yes, Gregorian times. And you will find a lot of English people there. You know, somebody who would basically, uh, how did I, re- where did I read this again? That there used to be so many English people there that you would hear, English was very common, French mm. was very common, you would have a lot of European people who would, that time the language of uh, the world was French. Mm. So you would have a lot of converts, rather uh, Muslim Europeans in North Africa than Europeans in North America at the time. So North America was still developing, right? Yeah. And so um, developing. Yeah, 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 yeah. They they were busy <laughs> killing actually. Busy they being discovered. There, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in North Af- North Africa would have a lot of reverts, especially in Algeria, a lot mm. of European reverts, and that has an influence on had an influence on Islam development also in Europe. Did and they in the take it back home too? Sorry, uh, d- d- so these English reverts, do they take this uh, any any elements of Islam back home? Or well, that started... Kind of the re- look, imagine that Crusaders. Mm. During Crusaders time, when the first Crusaders came, for example, in the Middle East, many of them were, came from, 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 from the English-speaking yeah. world. And when they c- went down to the Middle East, one strange thing that happened to them was they started washing. Yeah. <laughs> so when they came back to Europe it's and brought this... Water, ha- yeah, the habit... Yeah, it's but they, had, that, they had enough here, right? They had more yeah. here than, than there. So when they came back and they started washing themselves before food or after food or something, yeah. that uh, raised a little bit um, eyebrows because people were like, then you've been do radicalized. you take some kind of Muslim, you know, yeah. the Muslim ideology with you when you come back to Europe? Yeah. <coughs> Don't forget you're in Europe, right? Yeah. Uh, you will not believe, but British that time, values, British, British values. values, when the Normans uh, reconquered Sicily, which was Muslim, Islamic, and when the Normans took Sicily, uh, conquered Sicily, um, the church would look into everybody living in Sicily who would claim not to be Muslim, look into if they wash themselves too often, then they're suspicious around them. Mm. Right? And when the Ramadan came, obviously they would make sure that nobody would yeah. fast. So everywhere in Spain and Italy you would find, uh, in shops, you would find special invitations to yeah. eat and to drink. And if you don't do that, if you don't eat, you don't drink, you become suspicious, right? Mm. So... Again, European values, most probably, you know. <laughs> and uh, one important thing, by the way, don't forget that uh, when a certain Indian came over to Britain in the 19th century, Victorian times, he was declared by the king um, the uh, shampooing surgeon of uh, Her Majesty, His Majesty at the time. 
because he brought over soap from India. Mm. So, so he I opened the hammam, right? And that was uh, something amazing that time because they would not wash and they would not even know how to use. Well, they wouldn't know soap yeah. in this part of the world, which was they had an empire that time. Three quarters of the world actually belonged to mm. the British Empire, and I find this amazing. These 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 facts, right? I always think that uh, because I remember in um, in A levels I, I took this course called um, Science for Public Understanding, SPEW for short. Okay. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be in that class except me. <laughs> You're the only one. And, uh, <laughs> Everyone was forced because everything else was full up. But I was really interested in that. And I, I remember, still remember to this day, it was 1857. Ignaz, something like this, Ignaz Semmelweis in Austria-Hungary or something. Um, he discovered that washing your hands is something good. Amazing. Yeah. Oh, mashallah. <laughs> I was like, mashallah, bro. <laughs> it was like, uh, you know, all of these uh, uh, women keep dying of childbed fever. And we don't know why. And, uh, you know... Uh, he just kind of, out of curiosity, asked uh, the medical students and stuff, you know, when you're handling dead bodies and stuff, maybe you should wash your hands <laughs> before delivering uh, babies. And uh, lo and behold, they stopped dying. And uh, they're like, you know what, this this washing your hands we stuff is pretty, you know, we look at what we discovered. <laughs> you know, let's export this to the rest <laughs> of the world. And everyone else is like, yeah, okay, bro. <laughs> Assalamualaikum guys, sorry to butt in, eh? but if you're enjoying this podcast, please head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help us make more. And if you're not enjoying it, head over anyway and help us make better ones. You know, uh, I did um, an experiment for myself. Mm-hmm. I was working at a college in, in Birmingham and I decided once I went to the bathroom and I was washing my hands and I saw people going in, coming out leaving mm. the bathroom without having washed their hands. So annoying. So I was like, what? So I just stayed there, just, just for fun, five minutes. I had, it was a break of, of two hours, I think. I had no lesson. So <clears throat> I saw a girl coming in, I remember that specifically, and she went to the bathroom, and I was like, okay, let's You're wait. in the ladies' bathroom? No, 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 no. I was in, okay. what, what happened? <laughs> Let me explain. Were you the uh, professor who got fired? <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain what happened. Let me explain. The bathroom was divided, basically, you, the, the, the main, okay, yeah, the yeah. hall was... The where washing, you, the hand washing, washing part was in. Yeah. Exactly, okay. and then the girls there... Good save, good save. <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> Alright, <laughs> so again. Start again. <laughs> so, I saw the girl coming in, going to the toilet, coming back and just passing me. That means yeah. she did not wash her hands. Mm. So I was like, wait, can this be that... And I don't know if I should say that publicly, but both of them were white British. Yeah. Now, I waited Even a though bit. you're in Birmingham. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the minority so was there. Endangered so species. I decided to stay a bit longer and to see if really, you know, mm. if, if is it something that I just experienced the moment, and or is it something that's happening? Some science, kind of yes, for myself. And I did experience indeed. I was there for forty-five minutes the first time, and for fifty-five the second. <laughs> <coughs> And I experienced. If you're just joining us after the break, uh, <laughs> Doctor <laughs> Steph Karis uh, is just talking about how he was spent hours in the Birmingham uh, college, college bathroom, in the college bathrooms, right? Uh, monitoring how many people, how for many sci- white people wash their hands for scientific purposes, <laughs> for, sci- for scientific for purposes, right? <laughs> for science. Now they would come, and indeed, it was mainly white people, honestly, yeah. coming in, going to do their things, coming out, and not washing their hands. But did you see like? I don't know what they were doing on the toilet. You'd have to see a control of non-white people and well, I, I did. Yes, I did. there were enough non-white Asians, people. Africans. There were enough uh, enough Asians, enough African people, enough Caribbean people who would mm. come in and leave the bathroom after having washed their hands. 
And that was actually the majority. Yeah. You know, you would actually, you can clearly say, I mean, I don't know how scientific that was. So 45 <laughs> minutes, the one, 55 minutes, the other. But for myself, it was, a <laughs> it was a kind of confirmation that unfortunately yeah. in Europe, um, hygiene was not, it's something very new. Yeah. The last hundred years, I would say, even that one, not after World War Two. It's one of the benefits one. of immigration. Well, yeah, most probably like food <laughs> as well and all this stuff. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But uh, so you start off by saying Islam isn't something new. So you, then you're talking about okay, the 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 some of the uh, relics or, or 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 effects of Islam uh, came to the British Isles, for example, as early as you know just after the Crusades. Yeah, uh, in terms of soldiers, kind of crusaders washing their hands or le learning some hygiene habits and stuff. What else? What other kinds of you know, early thing, early influences of Islam? In Have Europe? you ever heard of King Offa? King, oh yes, King Offa, the Anglo-Saxon king. Tell me. Yes, mm. Adnan Rashid. Uh, he uh, he's like a historian as well, mashallah, okay. and he's a collector of coins. Okay, he ah, showed yeah. me a picture of the first gold coin. See him. You yeah, no, I'm not a complete <laughs> jahil, yeah, but I just assume I am. Uh, he showed the first gold coin that was minted in what is now known as the British Isles said Muhammadun Rasulullah on it. It said actually, it and when said you turn actually it upside down, King Offa, Offa King X, Offa, yeah. you know, in Latin, and on the other yeah. side it says La ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah. Okay. okay, subhanAllah, this is amazing, yeah. isn't it? And it was minted here. Okay, the British Isles, as you said. So it could get kind of purchasing power globally because, you know, it would resemble the, the coinage of... Well, um, we, of al yeah, that time of the Khilafah. Yeah. It was, yeah. um, we don't know exactly what, I mean, that is that is another question, exactly why some people say... As okay, opposed straight to away, he was convinced in that the truth of that statement? Well, <laughs> yeah, some, some, you know, Muslims nowadays, uh, they need to have this, most yeah. probably. They need to jump on it straight away. Oh, look, he was a Muslim or something. Yeah. Hard to believe that, one thing. On the other thing, we don't have the op we don't have the the, the uh, we don't have the proof for it, but we don't have the proof against it either. Mm -hmm. So we can't really say that he was not. But we know one thing: that was the time we're talking about the eighth century, the time of the peak of uh, Islamic civilization, and not only in uh, the Muslim world, but also in the Muslim European world. In Al-Andalus, that time we're talking. And Al-Andalus, by the way, just to make this clear, because many people don't know mm -hmm. that. And you said before. Uh, we know now Al-Andalus, we know what it is. And somebody told me that recently on the phone, I was like, listen, I don't want you to tell us about Al-Andalus, we know everything about Al-Andalus <laughs> now. Let's talk about the Ottomans, let's talk about yeah. Artugrul. I said, bro, if I started telling you five minutes... Wrong one. Let's talk about Artugrul. Yeah. I said, okay, I understand why you want to talk about Artugrul. That's fashion, that's great. Yeah. However, Al-Andalus, if I ask you now, what is Al-Andalus? You tell me, what is Al-Andalus? I would say South Spain. You would say South Spain even? Yeah. Uh, that's even the worst Andalusia. answer ever. The worst answer ever. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> pretending, by the way. I'm in character here. I know yeah, Andalus, right? Andalus is, is a period of time. It's not a, it's not a it's two. geographical region. It's two. It is a geographical region <laughs> as well as it is no. a chronological <laughs> period. So basically, 7-11 is yeah. when Tariq bin Ziyad arrived in Gibraltar. That's why it's called Gibraltar. Gibraltar. That's why a lot, of, a lot of Muslims have um, convenience stores. In Gibraltar? 7-Eleven. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. It's one for Let the American on, yeah. brothers and sisters here. Yeah. <laughs> we used to have that here, but I don't know what. So 7-11, Tariq bin Ziyad arrives in Gibraltar. Okay. And <laughs> Gibraltar, that's why it's the name Gibraltar, Gibraltar right? the, the rock or what the hill of Tariq. What a coincidence. Mm -hmm. And from there on until, until 1492, Islam was established mm -hmm. not only in what they called Al-Andalus, Spain and Portugal, the Abinian Peninsula, 
but also going into France, Italy, Sicily, the island of Crete in Greece, Cyprus, and believe it or not, a country which is not far from France, a neighbor of France, Switzerland. Switzerland was wow. actually part of Al-Andalus, and not Al-Andalus as we know it uh, geographically, as we said, Spain and Portugal, but chronologically, within the period of time mm. that Al-Andalus was Al-Andalus in Spain and Portugal, during that time, Switzerland was also open to Islam. And I clearly use the verb open because I, want, I don't want to call not it conquer, conquer conquest, absolutely not, because the idea of conquest is straight away bloody and killing and raping women and so on. That's but you use the word empire as well, I noticed. Is that something that you're... I do, yes, okay because there are... A term? Yeah. Yeah. Some people say it wasn't empire, it was a sultanate, technically. A caliphate, a sultanate, yes. Yeah, oh, I don't know okay. what the difference is, but well. as, a, as a historian, are there... Do you have any issues with referring to... Because empire as well, you, you think of imperialism. Yeah, but that came later. Colonization. Sure, but that came later. And uh, it's true, it's true. It has been destroyed. Many things, so many wars have been destroyed. So what you're saying is uh, Europeans kind of ruined imperialism. Europeans ruined <laughs> by, a lot of things, actually. By doing, <laughs> it, <laughs> by doing it so uh, such an evil way. Yeah, well... It's a nice kind of empire. They, they, they ruined the, the world. Europeans yeah. just... Uh, they even ruined Europe, actually, at this moment. I mean... It's um how can you saying how come you're saying they? Although myself I'm European, yeah. right? Okay. With they I mean the Assad them narrative again. <laughs> now we're creating an Assad narrative again. You got quite easy uh, way out now. So you're like for all the good you stuff. That, you got I'll me there. I'll say we yeah, we do this and that. You know, for I the bad stuff, I was like, Okay, I'm once once I was on the phone with a brother, Pakistani brother. Yeah. And I said, Bro, these white people, I said, you know what they did to me? And it was like, Bro, you're white, you know that, right? <laughs> I said, you know what Money I mean with white people? Eh? When, you, when you become, <laughs> when become Muslim, Muslim, you kind of occupy a different race, <laughs> kind of between white and... Uh, no, but the truth is, the truth is, what we mean, what I personally, personally mean when I talk about Europeans, of course I'm a European, I'm a double European. Mm-hmm. However... What does that mean? Double what does European. it mean? I'm Greek, grown up in Germany. I have okay. both nationalities, both passports. My children are even triple Europeans, you know? My wife is Dutch, so they also okay. got the inherited the Dutch Oshana. nationality. Uh, but what I mean with that, and we, so we are very European, actually, but European in a way of <coughs> the general understanding. I don't want to hit myself or kick myself <laughs> with that because Islam it's is also like part of Europe, this. right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good that nobody's listening. It's between us yeah. two, right? So um, Europe is obviously a continent where the majority of people have a type of European identity and culture, which goes with, which has a common something in common with Christianity. Yeah. However, we have four countries, minimum four, maybe even five Muslim countries in Europe. Mm. And they're all on the Balkan Peninsula, okay? From Bosnia down to Turkey. So if we look so at let them. me, Bosnia, Montenegro. Montenegro is not a Muslim country. Okay. I, I, but just Bosnia, you're right, yeah. <laughs> uh, More than 60% North Muslims. North Macedonia. That's the fifth one we could, yeah. we could mention as fifth one we could, uh, yeah. Kosovo. Yeah. Kosovo. Albania, Albania, Albania. Uh-huh. Yeah. saying it probably, um, and Turkey, obviously, the Turkey, yes. Okay. So yeah, these five countries. I was in Turkey, as you know. I just got back today, oh, doing some research for this podcast. Okay, mashallah. So let's talk about Turkey. So you came ready full of energy. So we saw a nice poster there saying some countries are too big for one continent. <laughs> That's a nice uh, advertisement for Turkey because it's kind of. Did you go to across. Istanbul or did you? Uh, no, we just uh, chilling out in the south. Okay. Uh, southern uh, coast, nowhere near Syria. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, good, good weather. <laughs> change subject. <laughs> Actually, I went from twenty-seven degrees to seven degrees today. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. obviously. It was I mean, 27, yeah, mashallah. Really nice Even though it was November. Um, I don't see a tent. What's happening? Where did you, yeah, were you hiding? I was, uh, I don't think brown people tan <laughs> that well. <laughs> Just, uh, so you're considered brown, right? Yeah. We're I think, I, will, I, think I, I did tan a bit. You know. <laughs> Just the lighting here. Uh, maybe it'll take a few weeks to kind of uh, shine through. Yeah, I mean, Turkey is up and coming. Uh, no, what absolutely. What was I going to say about Turkey? No, we're talking uh, yeah, about the five countries. Today. Yeah, the four, yeah. the four Muslim countries. Fifth one, if you want to take North, North Macedonia as well, is a majority Muslim majority yeah. countries. So look at that. I mean, I there is a, a European brother from there who's MP there, mashallah. MP. Yeah, Muslim uh, member of parliament in uh, not Amirpuri. <laughs> I did this joke before. Some people got upset. I don't have anything against Mirpuris. You know what I mean? But it's just you know. No comment. No comment. No I'm not from that part of the world, you know. Yeah. So, because so Mirpur is called themselves, so some of them call themselves MPs as well. So, just Do they? kind of I don't know, little pun. But okay. he was a member of parliament. I also know um, a few Bosnian MPs as well, okay. Muslim MPs. And alhamdulillah, they, they seem to be um, uh, kind of um, involved in the political process. Mm. There's still a lot of problems, kind mm. of. Uh, kind of uh, um, brewing under the surface yeah. will I make it easy for them I mean. um, but it's good to see young they're like my age so so young um, kind of uh, Muslims head going into politics and you know, proud of their Islam and so Bosnia is, is an upward, example I think absolutely I think yeah. Bosnia is doing quite well mashallah. but that's recent so yeah. Yeah. going back you're saying uh, an, uh, Al-Andalus mm. was a not just a ge- geographical mm-hmm. kind of area but mm. a period yeah and so many different european countries what we what we now regard as european countries right was there a europe then no there was clearly not the notion of a europe at that time mm. nobody would think i'm a european or something no way but there was no spain and italy and greece and germany either so mm. the nation idea was it just kind of empty space no you have <laughs> <laughs> no like for example if you take italy there yeah. were city-states such as Venice and Genoa. These were city-states, powerful city-states. Mm-hmm. Rome was once the Roman Empire. There was no yeah. idea of uh, Italy, <laughs> mm. nothing like that. Because the narrative that we have today, the, 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 the powerful narrative is there's something called Europe mm-hmm. and it came from the Greeks mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a bit of Roman interference. Yeah. Uh, some of it from the Greeks, some of it from the Romans, the Latin, and mm. all the mixed up with... And suddenly... Jesus, peace be upon him, mm. you know, he enters the mm. scene and he's English. And they're all Christian. He's yeah, European. Yeah, yeah he's European. <laughs> there's a Palestinian yes. Jew. Blonde, blue eyed, yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, some, somewhere, somehow, there's, there's this Christendom forms. And then very later on, there's this, maybe like since 100 years ago, we have this new construct of Judeo Christian forming, I think, to kind of, some people say, to battle the, <coughs> the, 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 the kind of um, the, the, the bubbling anti Semitism to mm. include. Jews and in, in, in a kind of retrospectively in the, in the history of after World War Two, Christi- yeah, World II, Christians, uh, not Christians in general, but uh, there's been a lot of anti-Semitism throughout the the the, the, the two millennia mm-hmm. of um, you know the, what we now call uh, you know Europe, Europe, mm. but no, not one. So that's the narrative that Europe has always been there; it's been a thing. Mm. But another narrative which you're kind of suggesting is, and a lot of people suggest that Europe came um, as a reaction to Al-Andalus uh, or, or the European identity, a European identity formed uh, contra in, in contradistinction to the Islamic or the Morisco or the Moor? Um, look, yes and no. If you go, I mean, that goes 
pretty far back. We're talking about the mm. 8th century, 9th century, where there was, in Europe, Europe was basically like the jungle of the world. There's absolutely nothing happening, especially Western Central Europe. We're not mm -hmm. talking about the Byzantine Empire and the Greek Orthodox and so on. This is a different issue. However, Rome didn't exist anymore. I mean, the West Rome didn't exist yeah. anymore. When Allah talks in the Quran, Surah the Rome, for example, they just refer to East Rome as the Romans because they were the only Romans there. West Rome didn't exist. The barbarians, as they call them, had taken Rome over already. And this well, happened Arnold several times. Arnold Schwarzenegger came over, right? <laughs> exactly. But again, these barbarians were tribes. So Europe was as tribal as Africa is nowadays and has have always been. So the idea of, oh, Africa is so tribal and Africans, they cannot live together, they cannot work together. That's how it, actually Europe is not very different. And you know what? Look at mm. Spain at the moment. Spain is divided amongst several tribes, actually. Okay, now they might call themselves um, uh, regions, you know, Catalonia, Castellan, and so, and so on. However, they're actually tribal, very tribal. It's very mm. tribal the way they're thinking. They have a different language. They do not want to deal with the other tribe, you know, and that's how it was throughout Europe the whole time through. That's how it so was throughout all human the world, societies. Uh, humanity, yeah. humanity was like this, no doubt, yes. Mm, because we're talking of, specifically about Europe. So yeah. it was not different to the rest of the, of the world. So the idea of nations developed in 1789. What about European? What about European? The, na the notion of a European. That's, that's that even newer. Before it's, it's, it's even, even newer, newer than, than the, the continent, than the nation, than the, mm. the, the, the European continent idea. The European, Europe as a continent is not necessarily very new. But Europe is a continent of more than 50 nations mm, who now become 27, 28 of them become one European Union nation. That is very new. That is What's something Eurasia? Eurasia, I remember hearing this or reading this phrase. That's a geographical term. Yeah. That is a term actually referring to Europe and Asia as one entity going on because Europe and Asia, yeah. as you can see, are connected. Russia, for example, mm. considered to be a European country, but the majority of Russia is in Asia. Yeah. Like Turkey is considered to be a European country, but the majority well, of Turkey, 95% <laughs> is basically by, yes, but geographically. There's a lot of Turkophobia as well. That's also there. That, that's you also know, there. like uh, the Brexit, famous breaking point mm -hmm. photo. Tell me, which um, one is Nigel Farage, kind of, I don't think Nigel Farage is someone, just saying, you know, there's so many foreigners mm. um, just waiting to get into Britain. Mm. Um, there's always this kind of looming threat that Turkey might join the EU and mm. then freedom of movement for all those mm. Uh, mm. 8 million Turks or whatever mm. um, come to steal your job. Yeah. Um, that's kind of <laughs> pulling on these ancient um, yes, fears. Yes, it's, it's there. Of, it's there. Of, these of, fears, uh, the Turk. obviously there's a lot of yeah. ignorance going but on. But Euro-Asia, so... Is there was there a period where it was seen as the, there was less of a no, no, this it's is Europe and this is Asia no, and maybe like a well because I Russia. heard I heard similar about Asia and Africa mm. that it was um, before um, before colonialism before imperialism uh, you, uh, kind of East Africa and Asia Asian cultures they were very similar uh, either side of the sea you know and they weren't there wasn't a massive kind of focus on seeing them as distinct continents because even the continents somebody <coughs> came along and drew drew this map for us and there's a lot of power in that mm. you know, mm. this this is your continent here's where you belong here's where she belongs mm. here's where he belongs mm. Mm. Um, and that's a European it feels like a European Look, kind of construct uh, uh, definitely it is I mean uh, imperial uh, construct uh, it is an imperial mm. I mean nowadays Africa, Asia the Americas everything whatever Australia it's, it is clearly a European mm. construct without a doubt 
and it is a very artificial one. As we said before, I mean, if you have countries such as Nigeria with more than 400 mm. languages. 400? 400 languages. Wow. That is, and by the way, India is not far behind. It's very, yeah. very close to that. So that's supposed to be one country. One country, mm. so many languages, and more different cultures and religions and ethnicities and God knows whatever, mm. which is not a bad thing. But it becomes a bad thing if you put in this nation idea, this idea of one nation, one people, one language, one culture, one color, one everything. No mm. diversity. But they're, now they're trying to tell us basically that, yeah, no, no, we think we believe in diversity. We believe in, you know, they're trying to tell a Muslim, although all Muslim empires were actually multicultural yeah. from the beginning to the end, actually, from the time of Muhammad Sallam up to actually the last, or the <coughs> Ottoman Empire. There are, mm. there are black Turks nowadays in Istanbul because of the Ottoman Empire, if you want to know. Mm. So the Ottoman Empire, the Ottomans had black people, Asian people amongst them, white people, mm -hmm. and so on. So... This motion, this idea is really something very European, okay? Very European. And Just the idea of nation is separate. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, they're the kicking French themselves. Uh, sorry? A product of the French Revolution, you said? No doubt about it. French yeah. Revolution, 1789. The idea was basically to get rid of anything that has to do with religion. Yeah. Religion was actually became, religion in itself became um, um, the enemy. Mm -hmm. They beheaded priests and clerics that time in uh, during the French Revolution. Um, mm. And uh, that was an enemy which until nowadays m have to make you understand why it's happening, what's happening in France. Yeah. The idea in France of the, 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 the phobia, you can say in France, religiophobia that is happening, yeah. is really like Islam, obviously, is the most um, uh, visible Islam, uh, religion. So mm. for that reason, it becomes an Islamophobia. But actually, there's religiophobia going on in France, and this for more than 200 years. And I this think I, I, I've got some theories about that myself, because, you know, when um, uh, and, and, uh, some, some uh, kind of thinkers, they, they, they describe secularism, per se, as just the latest iteration of uh, Protestant Christianity, uh, in that the kind of standard the neutral position okay when you have protestant christianity or christendom you have catholicism you have islam whatever this judaism um for one to exercise total domination is to actually make itself invisible mm -hmm. and Very become the standard neutral position to say um no religion is given any preference. Uh, prominence or preference this you just you know here's the neutral space and the neutral happens to be our kind of white western mm. protestant mm. norms mm. post-protestant norms so um, we celebrate christmas all together yeah, basically all it's a universal stuff. thing so for example hijab yeah so hijab is seen as and and many muslims fall into this trap as well in in kind of arguing for against hijab bands as this is my religious right or whatever i'm not saying that's wrong but if you look at the broader narrative here is that Hijab is something aberrant, uh, aberrant, something different from the norm. There's a norm which happens to be the way um, today or 20 years ago's uh, kind of white Western mm. or, or French woman in the French context, a white post-Protestant um, uh, secular uh, woman. She dresses, this is her norm of what's normal to be covered uh, in public, mm. yeah. Wearing a blouse, a long skirt, whatever. Anything more or less is odd. And it needs to be kind of marked 
as something different. But how does it fit then with my grandmother was still wearing hijab in Greece? Yeah, that's what I and said. And you have old people in Italy yeah. still nowadays they're wearing black clothes. They would look more Muslim than our Muslim women, yeah. Yeah, for example. So, so and that's why I said, for example, in France, maybe a hundred years ago, mm. that was the norm mm. for women. Mm. But what's considered the norm now it's for a woman to wear, the Muslim women's dress isn't taken into consideration of making that norm in the first place. So, for example, um, a Muslim woman saying, let me wear this because it's my religious white, right? It's like a French woman being taken into some uh, jungle somewhere where the, the, the norm is to be topless. Mm. And she's not going to say, this is my right as a Christian to wear this blouse. Mm -hmm. She's going to say, this is, this is just what I normally cover. Mm. Yeah, mm. It happens to be, fair enough, my Christian heritage is whatever, it's cold in France, I'm just, this is our norm. To you know, wear tops and stuff. Um, likewise, the Muslim woman she shouldn't be expected to justify because of religious X Y Z. I want to wear this is my norm. This is what I consider normal. Every people has a a norm to be to to of, of what is considered clothed and nakedness mm -hmm. in public. Mm -hmm. You know, even for men wearing shorts, mm -hmm. wearing whatever, what's what's normal. I could wear a string vest right now. You know, thankfully I'm not. But uh, um, that's not our norm. And it happens to be our norm is built um, primarily because of many Islamic kind of um, values and, and, and so mm -hmm. forth. But we shouldn't be able to, I think, uh, argue. That's my issue with the, the kind of secularist um, paradigm and the language. That there is a norm, uh, which is the neutral space. Uh, and anything extra, anything is, is necessarily religious. So mm. we shouldn't. I don't think we should argue that this is my religious right. Mm -hmm. We should just say, you know, uh, this is my. This is why I want to wear. Mm -hmm. Who are you to, uh, you know, uh, enforce your norms as the neutral that right. everyone is compared to? You mentioned there were several times neutral. What does it mean? Neutrality. Very yeah. difficult thing, especially since I've been to Switzerland several times, <laughs> the country of neutrality. You know, yeah. they claim to be neutral. What does that mean? They still haven't explained it to me. They cannot mm. explain it because neutral. You are never neutral. You know, if 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 there are th three people, two are arguing, and you're the third person, and you are just keeping <laughs> quiet, does this make you neutral? Yeah. You do have a position, and you will take A's or B's position, but you will just not utter it. That's mm. all it is. So neutrality is just simply being keeping quiet, but not necessarily not necessarily not not uttering your opinion. Mm. That's all it means, and that's what Switzerland did it nicely in, during the Second World War. They basically they just closed their doors and said, "No Jews come inside anymore. We are neutral. Mm. We don't want to partic participate in the war." Hello, you are in the middle of the war. You are participating, wanting it or not, you are there. Mm. So you cannot just say, "I don't want to participate." That is just uh, you know, mm. you're not five years old. You know, like I don't want to do that. So, but you are there. You are there, and you are part of it. So you cannot just keep yourself out with closing the doors and say we are neutral. Mm. And that's what they've been trying to do ever since. And the same nowadays. Mm. Germany says, for example, German supermarkets are known in general, also in Germany, they do not sell halal meat. Have you realized? Little in in the UK <laughs> does not sell halal meat. Really? They don't sell halal meat. Whereas Tesco, Asda, and so, on, and so on, they all make money on mm. the Muslims, which is no problem. No problem at all, because they do have halal meat. But the Germans say we are neutral. So yeah. what they mean with that is we don't sell halal meat, so we discriminate yeah. against Muslims. That's not neutral. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that and that's the, the real power.
Assalamualaikum guys, me again, reminding you to head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to keep the lights on on Islam21c. We pride ourselves on being independent and being funded by the grassroots community. Too many flies in here. Mosquitoes. <laughs> Actually, what's the history behind oh. mosquitoes? No, don't. Don't Mos- do that. <laughs> because I got one of those <laughs> things mos- that you shouldn't use the word mosquitoes. Mosquito. but. Oh is my that, God! Is that BS? There is no. Yeah, I think it yeah. is. I think uh, honestly, okay. I think it is. I, I came across it, but I couldn't find any evidence for what they're saying. There are some people who have a problem with using the the, the, the term mosque mosque uh, as a mosque yeah. because they say it comes from mosquitoes and we have to kill them and all this nonsense. I don't know where they have it from. Mm. It's the same like the tie. I also tried to find out. It was tie, said the tie comes from the Crusaders. Cru- yes, like. But cross. there is again no no proof for that. Do you yeah. see a cross in it? I, I just see. Well, the thing you go like that. that. Well, you go like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but then wait a minute, your whole body makes a cross. <laughs> so I don't know. This is. I think we. Yeah. Uh, that's what Muslims are looking into nowadays. You see, l- that's why it's so far behind. Because when the Muslims were not looking into something like this, pitiful things like that, they were far advanced. You know, the technology yeah. was far advanced. Speaking of crosses, I saw a cross on uh, Uber drivers. I was in an Uber today uh-huh. from the airport. Yeah, and there was a cross in the guy's uh, mirror okay. hanging. And I was thinking, you know. He's an Indian guy, oh. he's a thing, and uh, I was thinking, you know, should I give him some dawah? <laughs> okay. I felt guilty, you know, because I'm really like the worst dai. I have zero compassion for anyone, <laughs> and this is very bad. I mean, you know. so how would you have started it if you had done it then? So I, I actually sp- oh, tried like to speak to him, okay, and um, uh, he's like mentioned, yeah, somebody died on the M4, and I was like, oh, yeah, when it's your time to go, it's time to go, mm. yeah, <laughs> and then. Uh, <laughs> Oh, uh, you have a cross in your mirror. Are you a Christian? He goes, No, I'm a Hindu. <laughs> <laughs> but he had a cross there. Okay. So we go across. He goes, This is a this cross. Uh, it stops the police uh, from stopping me and giving me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's serious, are you? Yeah, that's what he said. This is absolutely. Yeah, I was like, That's uh, very interesting. Okay. You know, police. Okay, that is indeed interesting. So yeah. I didn't have anything to say. I was like, Okay, thanks for the ride. Bye. <laughs> wow. Okay, I that's need to, interesting. Uh, brush up on my Dawa skills. <laughs> Do some uh, era Dawa training or something. Yeah, we could actually. I'm yeah. going to be in Iran in two weeks, inshallah. Really? So maybe you can join okay. me on Sunday, the Sunday and Monday, inshallah. So okay. join us, inshallah. Why not? Really. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about? Right, yeah. So the whole. So there, there, there are competing <coughs> kind of notions of Europeanness, right? And and um, the, the, the dominant narrative has some obviously vested interests by uh, in it by presenting a Europe. As you know, contrary to Islam, and yeah. many people have said that yeah. Islam has been a useful kind of um, placeholder to project any insecurities of Europe mm. onto mm. onto mm. that demon, that other. Mm. Now, when you have Muslims, or when you have people like yourself who's talking about, wait a second, Muslims have been in Europe since before there was a Europe, <laughs> a coherent idea of a Europe. Yep. What are you talking about? This yep. doesn't make sense. This narrative, you become a threat to that system now. True. Um, True. But Muslims, we need to also kind of step up a gear and push forward these alternative narratives that aren't based on the kind of Eurocentrism or white supremacy, that kind of... This can just happen when we're educated. And you know, look now, I mean, if you look at the political spectrum now, this country now, I mean, shortly before election time, we see now the UKIP is coming, right? We see the Brexit party, which is now... Brexit quite the segue, mashallah. Right, yes. So now you see, you see, basically. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, 
um, you see election season. I think UKIP has disbanded, it's turned into the Brexit Party, yeah, which means which means the abbreviation for the United Kingdom Islamic Party oh my is, God. is available now. If anyone's <laughs> interested in funding a fledgling party, you don't mind, I don't mind being the leader, whatever. No, but but look what's happening now. I mean, um, how Nigel Farage is playing it now, you know, mm. from, from UKIP to Brexit and uh, the main, what is the party's idea? Brexit is all what it's, what it's about. There's all yeah. the council, all what we discuss. But what about the NHS? What about so many things that this country has more issues and se- more serious issues than Brexit? To be very honest, mm-hmm. and this just it's came interesting, in interesting um, feature though that a new dynamic of anti-Europeanness mm. mm, mm, mm. within Britain, yeah. and some Muslims I know are kind of jumping on that as well. Oh, they are. I mean, many. I heard know, from many Asian brothers that yeah. their fathers voted for Brexit simply because they found too many Eastern Europeans <laughs> here. So too many Bulgarians or Romanians. Yeah. I, I don't know if I had to laugh or cry about yeah. this one. That a Pakistani man who probably doesn't know English yeah. voted. For Brexit, because yeah. he found he found too many too many uh, Romanians uh, and uh, Eastern Europeans coming taking his job. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Most probably, you know, um, I don't know if it's to laugh or to cry, but yeah. that shows you nowadays the level of people, the level of people. But is there is a low. there is a, a serious kind of concern though that the problems of Europe, in terms of Islamophobia, the rising far yeah. right. Yeah. Um, maybe some people argue, I don't know, that having a <coughs> a break from Europe would shield somehow Muslims from that. Um, that kind of trend but the problem is those arguing for Brexit are the ones more likely to be Islamophobic in, 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 in many cases <laughs> so it kind of breaks down I, I don't know why. I, I wonder if, if you ask them I mean mm. what did they expect what did they think that Brexit would or what do they mm. think that Brexit is going to do for them um, we're going to have an, 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 a country on its own yeah not as powerful as it used to be. We need to know that. And after so many decades of being part of a family, you're leaving this family, you have three million of Europeans in your country um, who feel uh, anxiety, honestly. Like, we don't know what to do. I mean, we've got the settlement status now. 67 million Europeans as well. Sorry, said say sixty-seven million Europeans. Yeah, because Britain, Brit, Brits are ah, Europeans. That's what, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, sixty-seven million leave yeah. basically, exactly. Yeah. And the economy, obviously, the second biggest one it's in Europe. It's going to be very difficult. It's like, kind of, they say, um, removing the eggs from a cake. True. It is. It is. It yeah. is a good analogy. I think absolutely. But, uh, it is a problem. We had uh, Mend on the mm. podcast a few weeks ago, mm. um, talking about the power of the Muslim vote, and 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 to be honest, it's it's quite. Uh, encouraging to see Muslims taking more more of a kind of a proactive political role in political life, and I think that is uh, goes hand in hand with the education that you're doing in in, in making Muslims feel that you're not out of place mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. you're not a foreigner in Europe. Absolutely. You know, you you know, Muslims were, were integral to the formation of Europe, even if it is as the other <laughs> as the bogeyman. True, you know, true, true, other, true, true, true. I, I heard one person say, I think. Um, you know, um, white whiteness and white supremacy. It always relies on an other to define the boundary. <laughs> you know, you need the you enemy you basically the, to, you define need the enemy to define yourself. So even yeah. at that level, you know, I mean that that's one of the kind of um, competing discourses of of defining Europeanness. Mm. But there's nothing to stop us to say no. This is a more historically accurate and a more even ethical way to define what a European is. So, geog- so geography doesn't have to be um, kind of tied 
inextricably to Christendom, to Christianness, to, to whiteness. Yes, whiteness, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, it can be a, a multicultural Europe, mm. but it requires Muslims to, um, you know, become enfranchised and become mm. empowered and more proactive and yeah. involved in, in political life and public life and, and education. You know, I, I remember we, we, we visited Tariq Ramadan, Professor Tariq Ramadan in France, and he was saying, I, don't, I hope you don't find what man was saying this, but we was, he was talking about the, the, the area that we were walking in. And he was saying the Muslims here are the drug dealers. The Muslims, the Asians, the Africans, they're the drug dealers. And they're also the police that are <laughs> hired to police the, the drug dealers. And he says the French state, they prefer you just be a drug dealer or a criminal or something like that because it stops you advancing your community's cause. Rather, if you get out of crime and you enter politics, you enter public life, you enter these positions, you can start to really be a threat to have a voice. To, to have a voice, and, to to have a voice absolutely, and, and, absolutely. And, and your people. So one of the problems of Muslims feeling othered, Muslims feeling uh, not in place in Europe, is the, 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 the way history is taught, right? I absolutely. mean, you absolutely. you must have had a some kind of crisis when you you mentioned briefly. Let's go back to that about when you were doing research for these books. That's what led you to Islam. Yeah, history. So how, how how does that work? How very simple. Some I people, mean, you know, they read the Quran and they mm. like you know, oh, I want to yes, become yes. Muslim. Yes, yes, some yes. people they cut a you know a tomato and it and, and see it, Allah says, in there. it says <laughs> the word Allah in it. <laughs> they like Shadu Allah. <laughs> so how come you were you you were it was not something like History this. It was, it was not a miracle like this. It was mm. rather the lies that they were telling us. So I realized that the education system, any education system in general, uh, Europe, and especially in Germany, the Greek education system, which mm. I was following. as a for I was living in Germany in my own bubble. At that time it was like this, that the Greek mm. state and the German state, they had common agreements educationally that everybody had their school. So you had, as a Greek in Germany, you had to go to a Greek primary school, finishing primary school and go to a Greek uh, secondary school and then go back to Greece to study at the university. That was the idea. Didn't work, alhamdulillah, I'm happy about that. It doesn't exist really anymore as, as a system, but that was the idea. And as a Greek going to a Greek primary school, I alhamdulillah had also the influence from outside from Germans and I was mm. learning German as a second language, by the way. Although I was Greek in, uh, Greek in Germany, I did yeah. not... I did not grow up with the German language, and that's why you can still hear an accent probably when I speak German. Whereas my sister, for example, <laughs> like 10 I years old. Yeah, you would. Ich bin ein But my sister, for example, she entered the system 10 years after me. She entered the system when 10 years. So her, yeah, so her mm. German is more German than my German. My German is Greek accent wise. You yeah. know, so that's. So, um, you do a bit of this, honey. I do a bit of this, and I move <laughs> a little bit my hands more, you know. And, Nine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so no, you can clearly hear it, yeah. but the psychology in there, just to make this clear, is also I want to hear it. I want yeah. to make them hear it. I want to make sure I'm not German. You know, mm. I grew up like this. This this us and them that was there clearly there with us at the time because of the system. But to, so to, when to, I was going the, to, the, to to have some, it, it must have some positive points to feel a sense of your own belonging, your identity. Yeah. Yeah, being Greek, you yeah. know, I mean, I was always thinking, okay, Greek primary school, Greek secondary yeah. school, Greek university, Greece, back to Greece. Mm. Okay, that was... But the problem is you don't feel at home where you are. No, because I am not Greek and Italian in that way. You're not going to establish roots there, you're not going to get fight for your rights there. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly, you will never do that because you're always thinking back home, going back home, right? Mm. 
back home, the back home mentality, which is mm. the wrong thing. But anyway, this came now with Islam, alhamdulillah. You're always thinking, that. You're always thinking that. I want to go back home to what West London. Home, to East London, excellent. West London, West London. Oh, West London. I'm <laughs> always being dragged into East London and it's terrible for me. So you're a migrant, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah. How does it work? I'm back to <laughs> West London. <laughs> the, the point with, the, with education was simply, I saw these people, these teachers lied to us about Islam. Oh, about this history. This sounds a bit like maybe a conspiracy theory, like they're lying. Would they, the teachers, well, would, would they say that we're well, lying? Look, yes, they would, because if uh, there, has, there is a documentary that was made in 2011 mm. in Greece, a Greek documentary, and several university professors of University of Athens and Thessaloniki, of the two major cities, they came together and they made a, a great, a great documentary, where it's called 1821, which is the revolution, the year of the revolution of the Greek Revolution against the Ottomans, and what they're saying in there are the things that I've been saying for 20, 30 years now. Simply that the Ottomans were not as bad as we were told they were. They did not rape our women as a, as a system, systematically. Mm -hmm. They did not take our children away and made them all Janisharis. They didn't What's a Janisharis? Janisharis is uh, somebody who was in the elite army, basically. Oh, okay. A special army for the Sultan. So they did not do all these things, what we learned at primary school. And suddenly the whole Greek-speaking world came down on them like a, th like, like, like a thunder, basically. Like, what are you saying? There? What is happening? We learned so this. So they, they, they said... Clearly, we've been lying yes. in yes, they history said books. They said it in that documentary, which I have as home. It's surprising, though. I mean, I mean it, that's what history is. Well, his, history is a bunch story. of lies, isn't it? His <laughs> story, right? And it wasn't Napoleon who said, actually, history is a bunch of lies that are put together, somehow like this. His, I, his quote is, uh, yeah. I remember something I'll like come this. And <laughs> something like this it is yeah. it is it is it is basically the the victor churchill yeah. said this right the victor is history okay so he said uh, they they asked him how do you think history will um uh, record you he said something like favorably because i intend to write it <laughs> there, you go. The there you go you know exactly what he was talking about you yeah. know exactly so yeah this idea of these Good lies against the ottoman empire about the ottomans being monsters bloodthirsty yeah. monsters raping our women, this made me look deeper into this history, look into the Ottoman Empire and see that, hey, other sources, German sources, English sources, French sources, which I learned later as well, so all these languages, that's mm. why languages are very important, all these sources said actually other things. And I know of travelers from that time England, from that time France and so on, who traveled to the Ottoman Empire and came back and said, listen, <laughs> the Christians there actually have a better life yeah. than they have here. Yeah. So, Hello. So like, Thomas I didn't find one harem. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's why so I there is a very important um, uh, Englishman, Sir Thomas Walker, oh. who wrote in his in his books, uh, in his Don't works. Invented the crisps. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, man. Thomas, Sir Thomas Walker. <laughs> Thomas Walker. Yes, I know. Anyway, Sir I'm Thomas Walker. Disarmer, I've been told. He wrote about <laughs> how um, how the Christians actually had more rights in yeah. the Ottoman Empire than they have in our countries, you know? So we have these things. These things mm -hmm. are there. If you want to see it, you see it. If you don't want to see it, don't see it. And that's what happened to me. And I looked in, into Islam and I saw that, hey, if they lied to us about the Ottomans, maybe they also lied about the religion, about mm. this Islam thing, which is so bad and terrible. And I looked into Islam and it took me three years, alhamdulillah, shahada, basically. Alhamdulillah. And there was a jihad, an inner struggle, indeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was what you had, right? <laughs> that was an inner struggle indeed. Okay. And that sometimes I would wake up Some in the middle of the night. And in Australia, yes. And I would yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and say, come on, I'm Greek. I cannot be Muslim. Yeah. Because that's what I was fed. I was fed that you are Greek. You're Greek Orthodox. You're Christian. And 
the opposition party are Muslims. These mm. Turks are the Muslims. But when I found out they are so Arabs, so you Muslims. need to have that undone. You, you need to have yes, absolutely. It's like you know that you binary that false binary the mug, setup. It has some water in it. You just yeah. you empty the water and you start you, you refill the mug with something different. Um, with the I truth. always say that you know you you have to absorb or you have to propagate some falsehoods uh, in order for people to stop people mm. naturally coming to Islam. Mm-hmm. You have to erect barriers in their way. Mm-hmm. But as a fitra, if somebody just comes across Islam with with minimal kind of indoctrination previously, yeah. they'd be like, "Yeah, makes sense. Why not?" Worship well, God alone. Don't after September statue. 11, most people, yeah. most reavers that we know nowadays have come about to be yeah. Muslims after September 11. Actually, mm. I was one of the only ones I know at this moment who uh, became Muslim before September 11, and uh, I didn't know that many Muslim, Muslim reavers yeah. at that time. I didn't know many European Muslims at that time. But nowadays, mashallah, I mean, you will find anything from mm. Greeks to Italians, everything. And it's, it's common even from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ to link uh, opposition to Islam in your kind of tribal or ethnic kind of pride. Uh, very common. You know, very, yeah. we are the descendants of yeah. Abdul Muttalib, yeah. we are the le- yeah. legends of Arabia, we will not go against our forefathers and, That's right. and, and, and become you know, this new race of, uh, of, of, of uh, Islam, of what the Prophet ﷺ is preaching, you know. Um, Going against your forefathers, going against your against tribe, your tribe your ethnicity. Right. Yes, yes, exactly. How did you get out? So, how do you think people can get out of that? You, you, <laughs> you, because this is like a kind of key ingredient for for da'wah on a on a wide scale, right? It is, it is. To, to undo some of that that binary indoctrination that you can't be Greek and Muslim. Yeah, you have to get rid of this first. If you mm. still have a little bit of doubt of that, if you have one percent doubt of that inside of you, which tells you, mm. yeah, indeed, you cannot be Greek and Muslim. If you have this, the danger is in your upcoming future life, even in 20, 30, 40 years of practicing Islam, mm. you might fall back to it again because you have this doubt inside of you. If you haven't got rid of it, and that does not mean that you have to turn against your nationality and ethnicity and language and everything, which I did at the beginning. Mm. Um, so you have to be careful with that. It's very, it's a very and thin some line. Some people just adopt a kind of maybe Arab culture, Arab or Pakistani culture, whatever or it might be. In your be, case, yes. maybe like in that part of the world, a Turk. But they'll say the Muslim is equal to Turk. Yes, that's right, that's right, that's right. And that's, that's the danger in it. Indeed. You start and eating and I, sujuk. Yeah, you start eating sujuk <laughs> a lot. You you start uh, talking, <laughs> speaking <laughs> Arabic or speaking yeah. Turkish or something. Yes, yeah. and Ayyawana. no, it is. <laughs> there you go. Where is it there? <laughs> 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 so, Ayyawana. so um, in, indeed, it is something that um, um, becomes should should mm. should be a natural thing. Please do not. Do you take think it's it's good to develop a native Islam for each European kind of subculture? Islam kind in itself, look, I mean, it is, it, it, we don't have to develop it. It's developing anyway. Mm. Look, as a Greek, obviously we have our uh, national dishes, we have our Greek, uh, Greek food, mm. which is very close to Turkish food, but then you just cut out the pork and there you go. You have Turkish, <laughs> Turkish, Turkish meals, basically. That's, mm. that's Greek food. Greek Apparently food is that's the most healthy diet, the Mediterranean. Mediterranean diet, diet indeed, best, yes. Uh, Yes, indeed. Mm. So that's about it, basically. So there's not a lot to change uh, with regards to food. Culture-wise, I mean, look, I know that in Spain, for example, in Spanish, the word ojalá, it's part of the Spanish language, ojalá, which means inshallah. Oh, okay. They use so it in Spanish. They use it in Portuguese. Oshala. They use exactly the same term. If you're calling your um, mother, sister. Yeah. Nos vemos mañana. Oshala. Oshala. No, 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 no. Nos vemos mañana. We'll see each other tomorrow. Inshallah. Nos vemos mañana. Oshala. 
That's what the Spaniards were saying. Yeah. So in, in, in Portuguese, Oshala, the same thing. Really? They have the Allah there. By the way, what does the torero say when the toro, when the buff, bull comes towards them? What does he say? The bull or the guy the, the bull, standing? The bull. No, 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 the bull coming <laughs> towards you. you the have bull a, says, what, what, what does he say? He says, ole, right? Ole. What is ole? Yeah. Allah. No way. Allah. That sounds Allah. like one of those uh, conspiracy things, conspiracy right? Things. No, is no, no. It is Allah because what it was, it goes back to history when um, the non-Muslims would hear the Muslims saying, Ya Allah, Allah, the whole time, or, or making du'as with Allah. Yeah. So this became really like a du'a. Allah, Allah, help me. The bull yeah. is coming towards me. Imagine now a bull is coming towards you. I mean, you in, the Muslim world, in the Muslim world, when you have a story with a bull, a man, and a big giant knife, hmm. The word Allah features pretty <laughs> prevalent. <laughs> no, no, no. In but conversation. This, this, this is uh, the HMC, the, the, especially it, HMC it, version. <laughs> yes, that is the total halal yeah. version. Yeah. No, it, it you you it, we have to be aware of that. Mm. And I mean, in, uh, of course, there are enough people who would say, like, "Come on, you come up with these with these stories. Where do you mm. have them from?" Okay, good. Challenge me. What does "ole" mean then in Spanish? There is no Spanish word "ole." Yeah. There is no Spanish word, Ole. What does it mean? Where does it come from Spanish then? If it's it means, not Allah, if it, it doesn't mean that, me, bro. Yeah, well, there you go, it doesn't, you know? So, so you know, if you have something, it's the same like in Switzerland, for example, they're saying in Switzerland we have discovered there is more in certain areas in the south of Switzerland, there are surnames that go back to the Muslims of that time. Ah. What did this, uh, the, the Swiss or the German-speaking like, uh, people call the Muslims? Saracens. Saracens. So, have you ever heard of Tilo Sarazin? Saracen. No. This is a surname. Okay, Tilo Saracen lives in Germany. I thought you were going to say like Khan or Parvez or... No, actually Saracen. Saracen is... <laughs> or Mahmoud. <laughs> it's actually Saracen because they used to call the Muslim Saracens. So we have more than 200 Muslim, uh, Swiss families who Any are called... Udins? Listen now carefully, man. Saracen. Salasin, Salasar, and so on and so on. So there you go. This is again, you know, you can say, yeah, but where do you have this from? Okay, but... Explain it to me that it's, uh, it's, it's believable, yeah. Yes, yes. The relics of, uh, I mean, there's a lot of words as well, like lemon, sugar. Uh, Absolutely, from the Arabic uh, language. Algebra. But even today, in the youth yeah. culture, yeah, the, the Muslim community youth are so prevalent within the, that, 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 that area that you'll hear non Muslims saying, inshallah, yeah. or Allah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They deal a lot with Muslims, yeah, you hear. Yeah. Absolutely. And they might, run, might come upon some pagans. The ops and skeng them you up. You know that in the Sicilian dialect, ops, yeah. in the Sicilian dialect, so the Sicilians also speak Italian, right? But they have a dialect. And in their Sicilian dialect, a poor person in Italian is called povero. But in Sicilian, it's called mischino. No way. Hey, really? Absolutely. Wow. Right? So there you see that the influence, because Sicily was an emirate for 250 years. Okay, mm -hmm. it was a Muslim emirate. And the Muslim, meaning the Arabic language influence, is very strong. Mm. In Malta, did you know that Maltese is actually an Arabic dialect? 70, up to 70% of the Maltese language go wow. back to the Arabic language. Grammar, structure, syntax. Up to 70%. And it's a Christian country, right? It is a Catholic country, a strong Catholic country. Yes, so they yes, kind yes. of uh, defeats the, 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 the myths that you're saying when they, the, Ottoman, the Ottoman conquer them? Conquer them? Uh, Malta? Yeah, it was, was before it actually. It was, was before during Al Andalus. During Al Andalus, mm. so they didn't like wipe out Christianity. 
So they not absorbed a lot of uh, a lot of the language and the other culture, but they still retain their religious. Absolutely, identity. but this is not one of the major points here. When you say mm. uh, the Greeks always say, "Look, we've been 500 years enslaved by the Ottomans, by the Turks." I say, enslaved, 500 mm. years. After 500 years, you would expect that there was no Greek anymore, nobody speaking Greek. But hey, we have a Greek nation of 10 million people now. There's mm. 11 million. Like, uh, How come? Like African Americans. Yes. They have very little that remnants absolutely of nothing. their... Absolutely nothing. Absolutely. And in fact, there I forgot his name. I think Rodney... Mm. Maybe I'll put it up on the screen if I remember. Mm. He was uh, charting the, the, the remnants of Islamic culture mm-hmm. in slaves taken from West Africa. Mm-hmm. Senegalese More than area. a third, they say, actually. And yeah. they said uh, a lot of just kind of practices, like, uh, and like you're saying, you know, Ole... Mm-hmm. They have similar things mm-hmm. like in in the, their culture in African American. Some African Americans, like you know, he mentioned, um, you know, when a broom goes over your foot, mm-hmm. you're supposed to spit or something. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's like a superstitious. It's become a superstitious thing. But what what was that before? Because in their culture, like broom dusting, cleaning, that's where a place of najasa and and jinns. Uh-huh. They used to read the three quls. And then, and then spit. Oh my god. So goodness. he said that they, they, they forgot the you know the, the recitation. Right. But they just remembered the, yeah. the, the spitting, that kind which of is easier. Stuff. Uh, um, my, my you mentioned a lot of things like My this wife comes from South America originally. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And this South American she country Dutch? she yeah, yeah, she she is Dutch because it was a Dutch colony. Okay. Uh, Dutch Guyana, which is now it's called Suriname. And in Suriname, the Muslim influence is even as strong as I remember her mother who was not Muslim, but of African origin. Mm-hmm. She would always, with Maghreb time, close the windows and call the children inside. Yeah. And you would say, what is happening? Why are you doing Mom, why are you doing that? We would say, why are you doing that? Mm. He said, it's not a good time. He said, it's the time for the jinns to come out, basically. They would call yeah. them a different, give them another name. And I said, wow, I said, do you see how close your culture, where yeah. you have this from? This is Maghreb, and we explained it to her, and she totally understood it. She was actually very mm. open towards Islam. And alhamdulillah, she died upon Islam, by the way. My mother-in-law, alhamdulillah. 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 Proud of that. That's that's quite good. Um, yeah. So this is yeah. Mashallah. This is this 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 mm. is actually um, amazing. If you look at this kind of influence on people uh, far away from the Muslim world, now far mm. away from the Muslim world, of course, you know. But um, this, and I remember so many other things at this moment. I remember how she was doing things also that were very Islamic. Like, why are you doing this? How how come you're doing that? And she would believe anything you would tell her. She would actually anything Islamic. She would see the logic in it, and she would mm. just accept it. You know. Yeah. That's so why you. I was saying. You know. You require a a building up of something false to prevent you from mm-hmm. coming close to Islam. This mm. is what some people say. Jahiliya is mm. jahiliya. Uh, we we talk about it as a, 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 the era of pre-Islamic ignorance. It's not just ignorance in terms of not knowing something. It's actually something actively false that you've been indoctrinated mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. that prevents you from kind of coming from looking uh, into the close truth. to Islam. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In Surah Fusilat, for example, Allah says, "Qala ladina kafaru la tasmau li hadha al-Quran wal-ghawfihi la'alakum taghlibun." The the pagans of Quraysh would say, um, don't listen to this Quran and make noise during it <laughs> so that you may become successful, uh, uh, victorious. <laughs> this was a, a, a cause and effect. In order to be successful, you keep your, your paganism, make noise and, and, and so distract people from it. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And, uh, That's the fact you basically. And um, so you mentioned something uh, uh, about, you know, the, the Ottomans. 
um, being painted as these kind of savages and colonizers mm. and imperialism mm. and everything negative by some kind of uh, sectors of Greek society, not others, European kind of um, history books as well. But there's an interesting trend now of some um, Arab countries now also um, painting or rewriting the history books. I came across some kind of graphic screenshots. I don't know how true, true that is. I don't know if you've come across this. But rewriting the history books to paint the Ottomans mm. as just reword some bits of uh, as conquerors. But this is not a new thing. This is not something new. Now, yeah. Something that's rather happening nowadays is what you're saying is right, but this is something that has been, go- that was going on actually during the time of Arab mm. nationalism, uh, Sadat's time, Pan-Arabism. Pan-Arabism and so on. Yes, the Ottomans were painted, the Turks, as they called them, the, as bad as the Greeks, basically, the mm. Europeans, they were even worse for them than, than the <laughs> European colonialists. Mm. So, Divide um, and conquer. Absolutely. So no, that, that was something that was going on. Mm. Now, alhamdulillah, Due to um, um, uh, the uh, Erdogan <laughs> series, yes, <laughs> no, no, we have to say, we have yeah. to say that we just this really. I mean, due to yeah. Erdogan and due to so many people being so interested in Turkish series, even in South America, in South America, really? who they would be really absolutely not like what is Turkish is something Turkish is something very exotic to them, you know, it's something like. Papua New Guinea for us, yes. Like, what are you talking about? What is something? Yeah, Donna. I mean, not even, they don't know that. Uh, what? So they, they're they cut watching. It sideways. They were. <laughs> yeah, they, but they're watching these things. Yeah. They're watching Arturo now. They're in South America. Wow. Can you believe that? It has become a success uh, series yeah. down there as well. So, that in itself shows, uh, and you see cultural imperialism again. I mean, we have mm. to see that too. Soft that's power. It, uh, soft power. That's uh, absolutely, that's totally intelligent. And I was speaking to. Um, uh, one of the uh, the 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 actors, the actors. in in Ertuğrul. and uh, I was saying, yeah, this is is for me. Like this was ama- I only seen this first series because I don't have like a year spare to watch the rest of them. But I saw the first series, me and my wife, and we were like, this is like we've never seen the Muslim be the good guy. <laughs> yes, and yes, it's such yes. pure propaganda yes, yes. kind of yeah. Muslim crusader thing. We yeah. know it's kind of you know obviously it's a lot of drama and stuff, but just we've never seen that. Usually the Muslim was the, the bad, the bad guy. guy, or the the brown person, or the black person is the bad guy. You know, from back in the day when we were growing up. So it's, it's it's you know it pumps you up to see that kind of stuff, and it's important to revive some of the the sentiment. And I heard his work was working in 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 Turkey. It's interesting. It's happening. Uh, it's affecting the. But maybe that's why I think there's there's a there's a backlash from some of the kind of um, Arab states that don't want to kind of foster a good relationship with with Turkey or or, or have want to increase the Arab nationalism in, in yeah, their I mean countries. You, yeah, of course you would have amongst twenty three states you will definitely have enough who will say no, we want to keep stick to what we are mm. and boycott Turkey and whatever. Of course there are enough in between mm. who do not support the, the course that Turkey is going support other courses there's no doubt about it mm-hmm. uh, but in general it has really hit the Arab world it has hit Pakistan it has hit, in, hit India South America Africa where there's no mm-hmm. doubt about it and I mean if they're in between some 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 three four five countries that go against it no problem mm-hmm. there are enough others that can actually balance it Mahmoud uh, who is the cameraman slash uh, uh, producer slash director slash biggest actual fanboy in the world <laughs> He's just reminded us that uh, the next part of the Earthflow series is started of Osman, on, on? The, his son. Yeah, Osman, really. Yeah. So they oh, they okay. they've made uh, like a another spin-off. I don't know if it's a spin-off or this was the main thing they were <laughs> kind of building up to. Yeah. Uh, 
of, of well, now it becomes interesting. Osman, Osman Ibn Urtul Ibn yeah. Suleiman Shah. Mashallah. Yeah. Mashallah. There you go. So um, I think I would have to kind start of watching track it. Right? Of time. I wanted to talk about your book mm. because uh, you have a nice Mashallah. It's, it's it's evolved since the last time I saw it in uh, <laughs> in kind of black and white pages with the ghetto ring binding on it. Mashallah, it looks very nice. It's like a textbook now. Can you can you describe what yeah, this yeah. is? This is says Islamic the Islamic history of Europe, how Islam has become part of Europe. Yes, but what right. we're talking about. So you spend um, the last hour saying this didn't happen in the last sixty years. The <laughs> it happened, <laughs> happened long slightly before, before right? that. Slightly before that. Yeah. Basically, Full five chapters. Mashallah. Five chapters, all of them uh, going into the history of Europe as Al-Andalus, first of all, the Ottoman Empire, the Tatars, mm -hmm. which many people don't know. The Tatars. The, the Tatars, they had an influence in Eastern Europe and Northern Europe, actually, oh, okay. especially Finland. Um, the Vikings, you wouldn't say, but Vikings, we found amongst Vikings... Uh, Muslims. Um, there was a Viking Muslim. Viking Muslims, yes, who accepted Islam. The Vikings had contact with Al Andalus. They even went all the way down to the Middle East. They were trading with Muslims, and they would come back with a lot of Muslim artifacts. I remember like finding some people talking about finding Vikings yeah, with, for example, this like ring you have there in front of you. Something Islamic on it. Th this ring you have right in front yeah. of you, actually. This ring says Lilla. I think you had yeah. it this now. Where is the Vikings? Over I'm there? good at flicking pages. There you go. It yeah. says Lilla. Difficult to see on the photo, but it says Lilla for Allah. Take a word for it. So yeah, well, <laughs> this this Viking Actually, ring. It like <laughs> he was found. <laughs> come on, it yeah. was found in 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 a tomb of a Viking woman. Wow. The question is now: Was it a Viking woman who converted to Islam? Was it a Middle Eastern woman coming over to the Vikings? Yeah. So that's something that people don't know. We are still at the very beginning. I mean, we don't have. That's a problem we have in this world nowadays. In, this time and age, we don't have enough Muslim scientists doing this work. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty much one of the only historian, Muslim historian, who is looking into this type of, 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 of topic, actually. Mm. And yeah, there's a lot that needs to be done. The British Isles and Islam. Mm. Mm. Yes, there you go. The uh, king offers golden coins. Mm -hmm. Have mm -hmm. you ever heard of the Belly Cotton Cross? No. The Belly Cotton I mean, Cross was found in Belly Obviously, Cotton. I have, but <laughs> okay, just pretending yeah, you have to I'm a jahil I understand, here, yeah. I understand. Okay. So the Belly Cotton Cross was, was found in an well, area which is called Sorry. Belly Cotton. It's a cross. It's a cross. There you go. Yeah. Belly Cotton in Ireland, and it says Bismillah in there. It says wow. the Basmala in there. Yeah. yeah. And you can see that, by the way, both of them, the, 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 the coins as well as the Belly Cotton Cross, you can find at the British Museum in London. So you can just yeah. take your children there on a Sunday, go to the museum, which is for free, you can just go there to the coin <laughs> section and you can find both of these yeah. uh, elements. It's like, uh, when you say it's for free, some well, people will be like, oh, it's so nice of the British uh, Museum to show everyone, every other culture's uh, stolen relics and <laughs> not charging <laughs> not for not it. Charging <laughs> that, is, that is good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, they're so nice of them, mashallah. That's British values for you. Assalamualaikum guys, last reminder I promise, head over to islam21c.com forward slash donate to help this movement get to the next level. So we have genuine, high quality media articulating Islam in the 21st century and developing confident Muslims impacting the world for the better. Yes, of course. Um, and if you got another, another point I was going to mention as well, when you mentioned King Offa, yeah. someone else told me when yeah. you're talking about this discussion of the coin and the significance, some say significance of the coin being oh it's just because of the Muslim period of time they had the coin there so it was just marketed. Yeah. But others said that that time they that was the effectively a person's passport. Yeah. yeah? So people travelling through Europe, yeah. they would ask you do you have coins yeah. and 
and get a cross in it, they know you are a Christian. Mm. And if they had La ilaha illallah or something like that on it, then they knew you were Muslims and they knew whether you are an enemy or a friend. <laughs> you know? in, okay. In, in that, that was one thing. And secondly, they said that in Scotland, it's still there today, there's a, an area called King Offers Ditches. Yeah. Dykes. Yeah, uh, yeah dikes. Yeah. And um, they said that phenomena of using that in warfare when they were trying to defend themselves from the, uh, the mm. up north. Mm. Yeah, came from Khandaq. And why? Because King Offa had sent the, to the, uh, the Emir at the time in, in, in Andalus, he said, I, I need your support to help me defend myself against these uh, northerners who are coming mm. to attack us. Mm. Mm. And they said, we haven't, got the, we haven't got the resources to send you anything now, but what we can send you is an advice, uh, a what strategy that was used during the time of Muhammad Sassan, from Salman first year of the regarding the ditches. That's what they say. I don't know, I haven't heard this claim anywhere apart yes, from yes, the yes, fact yes. that someone said it. You, you know, mm -hmm. one of the reasons why many of these claims are not in this book is because of that reason. I don't want to seem, as you said before, and you're absolutely mm -hmm. right, you know, the Queen Queen Victoria was a Muslim and all this nonsense. We're not going to put is things it? like this in. <laughs> you had it first, gonna, you, know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not going to, I want to be uh, scientifically correct, although many things are most probably true, what you said. What is, mm -hmm. what is mentioned and what people really believe and have heard, there's a lot of truth in it. There's a lot of truth in it. Of facts I mean, all. one important point here now is if you look at King John, you know, King Richard's younger brother, King John. Oh, him. He sent an emissary in 1213 so to North Africa. So he's the one who, just to um, he's the one who, who was asked to put forward the Magna Carta. Yeah, get rid that's of right, that's right, in. that's right. Now he so himself, he sent, he, uh, he sent an emissary to, in 1213 to North Africa who offered the Emir Muhammad al-Nasir a strategic alliance and would voluntarily give up his kingdom and, quote, abandon the Christian faith which he considered false and to adhere faithfully to the Islam of Muhammad, sallallahu Furthermore, John offered to support to conquer the remainder of Spain from the king of Aragon. Unfortunately, the Emir declined. Imagine. Imagine. Is that legit? That sounds that, like one of those. My man, my man, this is very <laughs> legit. I'm telling you, there is science that can prove this, yeah. historical re reports that can prove this. No doubt about it. You know? wow. Many things that I can still talk about now and I can mention have no clear 100% evidence, which mm. I haven't put in there for a purpose, for, for a, in order to not seem like conspiracy yeah, yeah, yeah. theories or something. But um, all this, what, what it says in there, can be proved. What can about your um, uh, interpretation of what some people say, you know, Muslims were responsible for the enlightened European enlightenment. The Renaissance, the Renaissance, without a doubt. Renaissance. Absolutely. There are even historians who say, actually, the Muslims in Italy played a much bigger role for the development of history in the Renaissance than the ones in Spain, mm. right? Uh, because Renaissance actually was mainly, it came from Italy. It was an Italian enlightening, actually, and it was not from Spain. So the Muslims in Italy, in Sicily especially, and if you look at the Normans, the Norman king, the first one, Roger, who came down to Sicily, who loved and admired Arabic and Islamic culture, and he spoke Arabic better than he spoke any other language, mm. um, they themselves actually took gladly everything over from the Muslims. He would wash himself very often, by the way, which the <laughs> church didn't like. Um, yeah, so that's why they are, again, Italian stories. The Italian stories, Muslim stories, to say now, he might have been a Muslim. You mm. know, he was washing so many times, he was seen so many times washing, it's like making wudu, basically. About five times a day. Most probably, mm. imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so these things are wow. extremely important that, that, that have to be mentioned, just simply so out there. So it's only the kind of the modern period that this history of, of the, the, the kind of embeddedness of Islam in what is known as Europe now, 
has been kind of systematically deleted and removed and, and of course and it this is. is what you're trying to um, one other thing for example have you ever heard of the troubadours i mean the people who grew up in my time in germany we grew up with comics Asterix and Obelix. You guys yeah, here yeah, in the Anglo-Saxon that. world, yeah. you don't really. I remember but Asterix. You do remember Asterix and Obelix. Well. I saw it in a museum. <laughs> Asterix and <laughs> no Obelix. <offense. laughs> there was um, a, a Troubadix. There was in their village, there was a guy who was singing, right? He had a harp and he was ringing. Tru- uh, singing. Troubadix is his name. So he was a troubadour. And what is a troubadour? They came from the south of France, where the Muslims had established Fraxinetum, which was a Muslim establishment. And poetry, as we all know, before Islam, poetry was already something that the mm. Arabs had before Islam. And they brought poetry over to France. And from there, it became something that was suddenly a French and European culture and became what is nowadays music, basically, and songs and yeah. so on. So that, again, is not a conspiracy thing. It's just simply, if you look at the mm. development chronologically, you will see that there was no poetry. Poetry, as we know it from the troubad- troubadours, did not exist before the Muslims were there. It existed after mm. that. So it's no coincidence, right? So... so uh, you're welcome. That's On behalf of all Muslims. <laughs> <laughs> the walking mosque. The walking mosque, yeah. the first purpose-built mosque. On, yes. uh, and, but it was not the, fir- the first mosque in, in, in Britain, you know that, right? Because Abdullah William William, who was the first British Muslim. William? William William, not the foundation. No, 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 <laughs> not the foundation. Abdullah William William, he yeah. was a lawyer, white lawyer, Englishman, from he was Liverpool. A, he was... Um, he was uh, bestowed the title of Sheikh al-Islam of the British Isles. Absolutely ahead. true, from the Ottoman Empire. Absolutely Ottoman true. Ottoman Empire. Exactly. So the Quilliam Foundation would probably regard him as an extremist or something I like that. I don't know what they would do either. <laughs> but most probably. I need to uh, change the name. He he set up in his mansion, which you can still go and visit it in Liverpool, by the way. We have some ideas of taking school classes there as well, by the way, which I think is a great thing. Just take your, your children there, go and visit the mansion of Abdullah Quilliam William, which yeah. is still there, and you can go and pray in the oldest mosque in this country. In this country, in, in, his in Liverpool. In Liverpool, his mansion. Oh, there you have it, folks. The oldest mosque in Liverpool uh, in the country is in, in Liverpool. Liverpool. Yes. So all those Muslim Liverpool supporters, you finally have a good reason now. <laughs> To um, support to 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 uh, what do you call it? Justify your support. Of, uh, yeah, and I mean, and these are just small. You know, we, we're just talking about small issues here. If yeah. you if you go deeper into the, there's so much you to go like to washing the, into your depth. hands, like washing hands, for example, <laughs> exactly. You know, or like how many Englishmen has actually have had had studied in Al-Andalus and came yeah. back with his knowledge to the British Isles. And this is his mention, by the way. I mean, that, I that mean, used to uh, be this his is I can uh, you know uh, properly researched and corroborated stuff. We're talking about but more than twenty years. Yeah, because we, you know, we get, all get those um, text messages and email yeah. forwards. Yes, yes. Uh, you know, the, the Queen <laughs> is actually a Muslim, or you know yes. I mean? <laughs> no, Shakespeare or Sheikh Zubair. Zubair yeah. We have no, 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 none of this stuff yeah. is there. Okay, none I'll of this that. stuff. There are sources at the end, so, so you can, can find. So where can people get this? Can you uh, this one? Plug Anybody? your, yeah. your uh, <laughs> Mahmoud wants a high five. Yeah. If you can reach. <laughs> oh, he's saying it's five minutes left. <laughs> okay, okay. The and one or the other. Out. Film's going to run out. Um, where can people find out more about you? On our website, stephcarries.com. Very simple, stephcarries.com. There you so go. So they can buy the book there. They're in English and German available. <laughs> English and German? And German sure. as well, yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, your social media credentials, we'll put them in the uh, the old 
Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, yeah. Facebook, you what know, the typical these? ones. These, these books are, are the first ones. This is a gift for you today, for, your, for, for the crew as well. This is a gift. And this is about the Ottoman I Empire. I didn't for, get you anything. For the people who are interested in <laughs> Ertugrul and Ottoman Empire. There yeah. you go, you know, this is something about Ottoman <laughs> Greece, Vienna and Hungary. I like this 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 thing of our guests bringing us gifts. <laughs> Why not? Yes. We I should, mean, uh, <laughs> if you ever a guest on the Soundtrain sees a... Uh, Unscripted podcast, then uh, take note. This is how you be a gracious guest, inshallah. <laughs> Not like us being uh, far from gracious hosts. We didn't get you anything, but uh, there's something lying I around. Get some water, I mean, I, I mean, there's a I surprise uh, <laughs> lurking behind the. Get something. <laughs> Can't wait for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Before I leave, I shouldn't forget it. <laughs> so sorry, I'll, I interrupted you. What we, this is? This is what got you into. This is what got me into into Islam, basically the Ottoman Greece, the Ottoman yeah. history of Greece. Yeah. They yeah, all come as Ottoman well Vienna. with DVDs, so uh, because they were Why too they? expensive, I did not give them to you. Okay. So you would have to buy them separately. <laughs> what are DVDs for our younger? DVD for the for the younger audience. Yeah. <laughs> okay, these are the things, the round ones you put in the DVD play, and then you can okay. watch something. Okay, <laughs> they still exist. Come That's on, what guys. DJs do <laughs> the scratches on you. <laughs> the unknown DVD. Ottoman Hungary yep. and the forgotten Ottoman legacy of mainland Greece. Absolutely. Mainland Vienna, Greece, mainland not Greece just uh, not the islands. So mainland Greece was colonized by you said the savage barbarian uh, Muslim blood invaders, bloodthirsty Turks. Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> there you have it, folks. Um, I think we've lost track of time. I'd like to continue the the conversation, but um, I don't want to uh, uh, make you miss your train back to sunny old Birmingham mm. uh, since they finally let you back in after the whole um, toilet experiment. <laughs> but uh, Dr. Steph Keris I feel like I'm going to say it in a more exotic way what? Well you can say my whole name Kefo Keris Kefo Keris Yes, yes This oh, is my should have started with that Assalamu alaikum Today's podcast oh, no, no. We'll add it later <laughs> Kefo Keris Zakalakhar um, Yeah, um, at home for watching uh, If you like this podcast Give a like and a share It helps with the old uh, algorithms Um we're available on all all the podcast platforms now. I think uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google, etc. Um, yeah, get, let us know your comments, your your uh, ideas for future episodes as well in the in the comments. And uh, I was gonna say, yeah, if you made it to the end of the podcast, then mashallah, you're a pretty sick guy or lady. And uh, yeah, see you on the next one. Zakhlaqel, assalamu alaikum wa if you're ever in East London around Brick Lane, make sure you drop by Quaker Street Coffee and Bubble Tea for some wonderful tea and coffee. Quote the Islam 21C Unscripted podcast and you'll get 10% off.